0: All right, we ready? Brandon gave me the thumbs up, so I guess we're doing this. In case you haven't noticed, I am not the pastor. <laughs> so uh um Amy, can you tell us what's going on with Pastor? He's in bed. He's in bed. Not feeling good. Not because he's sleeping and avoiding this, you know that, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we're not gonna ask Amy anymore. <laughs> no, but we might have a bit of a mind break. Yeah. So pastor's not feeling well. So we need to pray for pastor because I don't want to be up here Sunday. <laughs> no, no. Well, it's nerve-wracking. Uh, pastor did give me three hours notice. So, uh, praise God. The Lord give me something and, uh, I am excited about it. It's kind of something we've been talking about this whole time, even in, uh, in the teens, but, uh, Anyhow, I just, I do believe it's what the Lord have on my heart. And, uh, I'd like, just like to share it with you. We might even have to go an hour. We might just go, a uh, 30. But that's okay. We can do that. Cause the, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's not restricted to a one-hour time frame. Amen. So you can read one verse and, uh, get a blessing out of it. So, uh, but let, before we do, let's pray. Let's pray for Pastor. Amen. Uh, he's always been faithful. He is one of the most faithful men I've he is the most faithful man, I think I know. And uh, he's always been up here in this pulpit, and he's always prepared for it. And uh, amen. I'm just going to stop there. I don't want to go any further. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for, Lord, your word, Lord, and just how it's changed all our lives. And Lord, we're gathered here today, Lord, just to hear something from it. And Lord, uh, Lord, I pray you just give me the liberty to speak, Lord, and speak clearly. And Lord, above all, Lord, I pray right now for our pastor, Lord, and just uh, Lord, how good he has been to us. And Lord, I pray you heal him up, Lord, and just uh, Lord, just get that all out of him tonight, Lord, and just so he can be here Sunday, Lord, and just uh, Lord, in strength and in you, and Lord, and just and help us all. And Lord, we, we need you more than ever right now, Lord. And I just thank you and give you all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. And thank you for everyone here, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Turn over there to First John chapter two. First John chapter two. And in verse number twenty-eight. First John chapter two. And in verse number twenty-eight. You know, I like how John, you read John, he uses that phrase, little children. But in this book right here, in this chapter specifically, you know, you know, to me, one of the most famous kid sayings there is, is I know, I know. How many times we heard a kid say that? I know, I know, I know, I know. And it's kind of funny when you read this in in chapter number two of first John, if you look at verse number three, it says, we do know, and then it says, we know him. Verse number 4 says, I know him. Verse number 5 says, "Here hereby know. Verse 11, knoweth not. Verse 13, knoweth him. Verse 13, again, knoweth the Father. Verse 14, knoweth him. Verse 18, we know. Verse 19, continued, which is, you know. Verse 21, know. Verse 21, also know it. You know, it's just kind of funny to me. Anyhow, God's humorous. I already you know. But I get down to this verse, number 28, and it says, and now little children, abide in Him. That's the Lord. Abide in the, abide in the Lord. Abide in His Word. Abide in Him. And when He shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before Him at His coming. You know, I just think about it, maybe it just says that older I get, you think about just being there at the judgment seat of Christ. And, uh, how you spent your life and what you did. Are you going to be a confident or are you going to be ashamed? You get over there to that judgment seat and it's, uh, there's some burning, you're either burning branches with, uh, the stickers in the stubble or you're breaking bread with the sinners and the saints. And you're going to get a reward out of that. But I think about that, just this, that when he may appear, we may have confidence. And I'd just like to talk a little bit about that that confidence. You know, I was uh been looking for a new truck. Been looking for a while now, looking at these trucks, and I don't know if you've priced trucks at all this time, but they are through the roof right now. And if you've ever driven like a newer truck, I got an old ninety-nine 7-3 diesel, 550. I mean, it knocks your feelings out when you're driving it down the road. If you get in that middle lane going down I-5, you're, oh, I gotta get in the right lane, and then cut back over because the truck's, something's like gonna fall apart. You know what I mean? It's just an old truck. 260-some thousand miles on it. Praise the Lord. The Lord's just kept it going, you know? But, uh, I'll tell you what, I went and drove this 2022 F-250 today. I didn't have much confidence in that thing. It was plastic. I mean, you opened up the tailgate and it was like clink. And like the whole piece kind of moved a little bit. I'm like, this is 70,000 bucks. You know what I mean? And it's plastic. It's just, it's just kind of, I didn't have confidence in it. I'll tell you that. You know, I don't have a lot of confidence in a lot of things right now. And I think the more I've matured in the Lord and growed in the Lord, you know, about the only thing I really do have confidence in is this book. Amen. Amen. Yeah. That's it. Just confidence in the Lord. You can't even watch the news today. You can't trust what they're saying. There's no confidence in that. But you can have confidence in the Lord. Yeah. I, met, we, I even went to this other place. It was uh, right off McLaughlin. I went there before when I checked out a flatbeds. I checked out two dealerships today, and I just went in there just to just to kind of talk with this guy because he was kind of neat last time. And what was neat was this guy. He actually said he goes. He kept saying this. He and this is, if I'm lying, I'm dying. He kept saying this. He kept saying, I'm ready to go today to answer to the Lord. I was like, wow. And it was no kidding. After he kept saying that, I literally pulled out of there. And Pastor texted me. So, well, he's confident. That's what he said. I'm, I can, and he, we talked for a while. I mean, already made up my mind, but we sat there with another guy that was 17 years in the pen. He did 17 years in the pen. I found out that about him. I could tell, you know, I, you know, you could tell the tattoos in this great guy, nice guy, got saved. But old rammy that was his name. He's a Muslim. I was able to witness to him just a little bit. But you know what he kept saying? that I'm confident. I'm confident. I can do it today. And I was like, wow. So that would be the question. Are you, are you confident today? I know one thing. If you turn over there to 1 John. Just go back there to the first chapter. John wrote this epistle. And the one thing that to keep you. From having confidence, I think we all know what that is—be sin, your fellowship with the Lord, or if you have a bad relationship, even with another person, you know that's, that's that's going to hinder that fellowship. You know what I mean? Somebody did you wrong, hinder that fellowship. But I like what John writes here, verse number one. It says, "That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes." which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. we talk about a powerful verse. I mean, that's just a persuading. I mean, as as I read through here, I just, I see how John is just almost trying just to persuade people to have a relationship with the Lord. And he says, look, you know what? I've been there and done that. And he's just trying to persuade them in a, in a powerful, this powerful way of words. And you're not a prideful way either, not a pride filled way to, Encourage somebody to have a relationship with the Lord. Oh, I, you got to do me. He just said, he's just sharing his experience here. He said, look, man, I've, we've heard him. We've seen him with our eyes. We've looked upon him. Our hands have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested. And we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, verse number 3, we declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. You know, I like that. You know, that verse can sum up a lot of things right there. Where's your fellowship at? You want to see somebody who's... I mean, I get being down and out for certain things, but if you see a person that's constantly down and constantly down and constantly down, then your joy ain't full. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. You know what? That's not let down. You get that joy. Any Christian in here that's been saved for a while knows that you're going to get your joy from the Lord. You don't get it from going out and buying a new... F two hundred fifty twenty twenty two. I'd like to say you can. Might have a little more confidence driving down the road, but probably not. Seven three is probably gonna do just fine. But that Lord, the Lord will get you. The Lord's gonna help you. That's where you're gonna get your joy. Amen. That's I can't tell you enough. In many ways I've been there and done that like John, but not in ways like him. I can tell you that, you know, the Bible says it. Sin, only oh, you enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. It's gonna end. Yeah. The money. People, I've heard people say money buy you happiness. No. Might make things a little bit more easier, but. <laughs> I remember this, even people in there, Mike Tyson, he's got a couple good sayings. Pastor knows my one favorite one from him. Everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the face. But he had another one too. He had another one. He said, I was, he said, I was freer from everything, he said, when I didn't have a cent. And that's pretty wise. He didn't have responsibilities. He didn't have a house thing, this. He said, you know, when I was poor over here, I didn't have to worry about nothing. I didn't have any cares. It was just this. That's that Bible talks into the riches and snares and some falling into, the thorns and the thistles, that goes right back to that judgment seat. Having that confidence. This then is the message, verse number five. First, John, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness. At all, no darkness at all. Excuse me. If we say that we have fellowship and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. No, it's not how you walk. It's where you walk. It's not how good you are. It's where you walk in. Verse number 7, but if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, and we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ, cleanses us from all sin. Turn over there to Galatians. Galatians 5. I know pastors kind of been about this. I actually... Galatians chapter 5, just to touch on this walk. Galatians chapter 5, and then verse number 16. It says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And then it goes into telling you what the difference is between verse 17, or from 17 to 26. The difference is walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. That's simple. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, verse number 17, and the spirit against the flesh, that these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Paul says over there in Romans, he says, it's a law. He says, this is a law that that flesh goes against the spirit, so I cannot do the things that I would. You know what I mean, He says it's just a law. It's there. I find it in a law within me that when I do good, evil is present with me. That's what he says. But if you be led of the Spirit, verse number 18, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. Here they are. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred. Variance. Emulations. Wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. We're not done yet. Envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, as I have also told you in times past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those are all those fleshy things we get caught up in sometimes. Sometimes. want to know if you're walking in the Spirit, if you've got these kind of thoughts, murderings, strife, seditions, heresies, chances are you're probably not. But, but, there's good news. Verse number 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. What's He say over there? That your joy may be full. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Against there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. And verse number twenty-five: If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, and provoking one another and envying. Of one another. Turn back over there to First John. Did you have some of those thoughts? That's how I've learned that way back when. You have thoughts, and Jesus talks a lot about that. Love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. You start having bad thoughts towards another person lifting up yourself higher than you ought to, chances are you ain't walking in the Spirit. Chances are you're not walking in the light. Amen? Amen. Amen. First John, I apologize. It says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. You know what, if you read this book, you're going to find fault in yourself. Amen. Because you're you not going to, you just will. Or you're not reading it with the right heart. You're reading it from a wrong heart. You really are. But you will find fault in yourself. You will want to get right. That's my prayer. Turn over there to Luke chapter, Luke chapter 18. I like this. The Lord just sums it up real quick. Luke chapter 18. I should have said hold your place there in 1 John. I apologize. Luke chapter 18. and verse number 9, it says, this is Jesus speaking. It says, And He spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Boy, that'll preach. I like that. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray; the one a Pharisee, and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself: "God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast in the, I fast twice in the week." I give tithes of all that I possess. You know, it's just bragging about how good he is. And the publican standing afar off would not lift so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. And I like that. Turn back over to First John. He just says, you know what? Just be merciful to me, a sinner, Lord. Which goes right into this next verse. Should be a verse for every Christian. They should live by this verse. verse 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That should be a memory verse. Everybody should have that verse memorized. And I can't tell you how many times He will forgive you every single time. But if we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. You don't want to stand there at that judgment seat and be like, no, I fast twice in the week, Lord. I'm not like that guy. Well, now you're prideful. You know, I know today, uh, today I found out my niece, we we let my niece borrow my car. She's not here today. She's not here right now. Where is she? I don't see her. Found she borrowed my car. And as I was driving home after I got this notice that, hey, you're going to preach tonight, I find out, you know what? Your niece wrecked your car. Put a dent in it, right? But I didn't find out from my niece. You know why I didn't find out for my niece, because you probably figured Uncle Michael's going to get a little mad. Amen. Right? But God ain't like that. Amen. You can go up to the Lord and say, "Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me for just being a sinner. Lord, I messed up. And he says, You know what? I'm faithful and just, and I'll forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And you know what? That fellowship is restored. So you know what I had to do? She didn't call me, I was waiting. So I texted her. It's okay, Katie, I don't care. I'm so sorry though. I don't I don't know. That's how I read the text anyway. I didn't. (laughs) But you know what? She's she's embarrassed and she's hurt by it, you know. It's a nice fat dent. But you know what? I don't want that fellowship broken over a car dent. Lord don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? Am I making sense? Amen. You don't want to hinder that fellowship with God. You don't want to hinder your fellowship with your friends. You don't want to hinder your fellowship with your family. Most of all, God. You want to abide in Him. Abide in that truth. That's what that verse says. Abide in him. So when we, he may come, we'll have confidence in his appearing. Turn over there to John chapter 13. We'll just kind of finish up in, in this confidence. John chapter 13. So pray for Katie. She's not here. She's probably still hiding. <laughs> like Adam, oh Katie, where art thou? <laughs> oh, that's fine. I'd, I'd be embarrassed too. <laughs> John chapter thirteen, and pastors touched on here before, but uh, this is a uh, this is just something, man. This passage and the Lord and what the Lord does. I'm going to touch on three of them here that just. they just i don't know you can you can think about these all day and just be like wow the mercy and love of the lord it says now being in verse number 1 now before the feast of the passover when jesus was jesus knew that his hour was come that he should depart out of this world unto the father and having loved his own which were in the world he loved them unto the end what a great verse and supper being ended The devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him. And I'm thinking that's probably just some pride. We're going to get further into this. it's It's amazing. Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. This is Jesus doing that. After that, he poureth water into a basin and begin to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Do you understand what was kind of going on right there? I mean, this is God. God comes in. He's got his garment. He, I mean, one and says over there, and only in John it says that. It says a woven piece all the way down. One piece. Kind of a neat thing. Anyhow, I don't want to get off on that. Pretty cool. But he's got his clothes on. God's got his clothes on. He takes them off. He puts a towel around his waist. Girded, you're having your loins girded about with truth. That's what the Bible says over there. He puts that towel around him. And then goes up to his disciples. And starts, yep. Cleaning his feet. And then wiping it on the towel with its wrapped around his waist. They didn't have cars back then. (laughs) They didn't have a lot of nice feet. You know where you went every day? You was walking unless you was rich and you had a chariot or a horse or whatever, you know, mule, donkey, fill in the blank. I remember Patrick, Patrick Monahe, this guy I got to work with. He was uh, he was 13 years army infantry. He did he did quite a few tours over there in uh, Iraq. And uh, we was talking about this and and he's he's talking about the feet over there. And he spent a lot of time over there and they give him those. Army issue, uh, flip flops, like thongs, flip, thongs, flip flops, one of the two. I don't know which one they are. But he comes up and I was talking to him. He says, You know, what? I'd always save those. And he says, and He was talking about gas lines and people would wait for miles and days, three, or four days just to get gas over there. And he says, Man, they got the worst and ugliest feet you've ever seen in your life. And I said, well, What more are they like? He says, You ever see that movie, The Hobbit? <laughs> he says, You remember Furto Baggins? <laughs> That's what he said. He said, They were just like, Ooh. He said they called him "Oh no feet" because we seen him he went "Oh no." <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I mean, that's being serious. He did. I mean, he spent a lot of time over there. They were that bad. And it's customary over then you come in the house that they'd wash your feet. Here Jesus is gonna wash all their feet. God in the flesh gonna wash all their feet. It's amazing. Verse number six, then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know, thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Now there's a lot of speculation what Peter was referring to here, that he was like, I don't need wash, but I think it was just, Mike's opinion, I think he was like, Lord, I love you so much. I don't even want you to wash my feet. You can't wash my feet. I should be washing. I was thinking it was like that. But the Lord rebukes him. Rightfully so. You can't wash yourself. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my heads. And now he's going to the extremes. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's how I would have done too. I ain't going to lie. i you oh, wash my way, wash my back too. You know what I mean? Just. Just overreacting now, you know what I mean? Trying to make it better. But uh, Jesus saying to them, He that is washed needeth not to save, but his needeth not to save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. You know, cleansing isn't possible without cooperation. You're going to have to confess your sins. That's part of the cooperation. And then Jesus is going to wash you. That's that rest- restoration. That... But here He's getting him, you know what? And You just can't clean yourself before He comes. I've heard that testimony too by people. It's one guy I used to work with. You know, when I got saved, and a lot of people see how I got saved and how I changed, and one guy, I won't mention his name, he just said, you know what I'd like to do? He said, I just got some things I want to do first before I come to church. I got to get these things done. And one of the things he wanted to do, he wanted to go get a whole bunch of tattoos. That was it. That was that was one of his big. Th- I know, I know, right? I got, me you all heard it too. Oh, I got, I got to get some things taken care of before I got to go to church. Oh, you got to get, well, wash yourself. That's not how it works. You got to let Jesus do the washing. Jesus kind of want it cleansed. Then you won't want to do those things. It's His towel. It's His blood. And this what says and. and Verse number five, and he poureth water into a basin. He began to wash the disciples and to wipe them with the towel where he was girded. Jesus does the wiping. Jesus does the cleansing. He is faithful. Amen. Verse number 12. So after that he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, know what I have done to you. I mean, do you realize he washed he washed everyone's feet here. He washed Peter's feet. I don't know why I just imagine Peter's feet being the nastiest cuz he's a fisherman. Right? Maybe I'm thinking Matthew probably had the nicest ones. It's my opinion. I got no idea. I think about weird stuff when I'm thinking about this. But he washed Judas's feet. Yeah. He washed Judas's feet. That's hard for me to wrap my feet, my head around. This whole passage. How was Judas like looking at him when he's wiping, when he's washing his feet? How was his heart? Was that what the devil filled him with? That pride? Wash my feet, Lord. Because he had the bag. I don't know. Verse number 13. He says, ye call me master and lord and ye say well, for so I am. If then I, your lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Now we're not going to have a feet washing ceremony in here, okay? I've seen them before and, and they've, I've seen the Lord show up in them and I've seen the Lord not show up in them. But anyhow, we're going to go. <laughs> so, but it's good. For I have given you, verse number 15, an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you that the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that has sent him. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. you know, like that, Jesus, just being a servant. I'm going to turn, over there to turn over there to Philippians real quick. Hold your place there in John. We'll finish up there in John. Turn over there to Philippians. Philippians chapter two. All these passages are just. I'm real happy, pastors, going through Philippians. That was. Galatians and Philippians, when I first got saved, in my Bible were like falling out. Like I couldn't like there's so many highlighting and the words were like disappearing because I mean they were just all over. But this passage right here from Philippians chapter two and verse number one says, if there be any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the spirit, if any bows and mercies fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not on every man of his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And here it is, this verse right here. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You want to have the thoughts of God? He's fixing to tell you right now. Who being in the form of God, verse number six, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. That's that's, a, that's hard for a lot of people to let go of right there. Position. No reputation. You couldn't even know who Jesus was when He walked into a crowd. You wouldn't know who He was yeah. until you heard Him. Right. How about how He looked? And took upon Him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in a fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient under death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And that name of, that name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Turn over there to Hebrews chapter number 12. The pastor's been all around this verse. I can't believe he hasn't hit it yet, so I'm going to hit it first. <laughs> this is one of my favorites. Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse number 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing that we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which just so easily beset us, And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher finisher of our faith. Now here it is. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That's just one of those verses. I just haven't quite, you know, pastor preaches on the cross and I'm just, this verse always just pops in my mind. Just like, wow, the Lord did that for us. The Lord did that for me, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. But there was a guy who has. And the Bible says in Luke twenty-two, forty-four. That he sweat as if it were great drops of blood. And in his agony he prayed more earnestly. Amen. Isn't God good today? Amen. Turn back over there to John chapter 13, and we'll we'll wrap this up. It's talking about confidence. Abiding. Not being shamed. John chapter 13 and verse number... Wait a second, back up. Verse number 18. I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the Scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you before it comes... Before it come that when it come to pass, ye may believe that I am he, verily, verily I say unto you, he that receiveth whomever so I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. when Jesus had thus said had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, verily verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. then the disciples looked one to another doubting of whom he spake. So there they are after this. Jesus just done got done washing all the people's feet. They've all watched this. Supper's ended. Kind of sitting in a relaxed mode now. Just had my feet washed. And Jesus said, You know what? One of you is going to betray me. Yeah. Now I imagine it was probably at a good time. They was all relaxed. And now Jesus said this. And now they're like, What? And they start looking around. They're like, wait, was it? Was it him? No, oh, it couldn't have been him. Was it Peter? No, No one' Peter. And they were doubting in themselves, "Is it me? Is it me? Doubting. Doubting's not confident. But there was a guy. There was a guy who wasn't a pretender, who wasn't phony, and he wasn't filled with pride. like Judas. Verse number 23, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of His disciples, whom Jesus loved. And Simon Peter therefore beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He then lying on Jesus' breast saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Peter knew. He looked over there and he says, you know what? I know it ain't John. There's John. Lord, who is it? You know what that is? That's confidence. I like that. That's a clear conscience. Lord, who is it? Peter knew it wasn't it. I mean, are we like that? We're walking with God. Leaning on Jesus' bosom. This is how I want to be more like John. John. How John writes in 1 John, that chapter number 1, verse number 1. Because I've been like Judas. Amen. And I don't say that proudfully or boastfully. But I've come into the church house before. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. Harboring something I probably shouldn't been. Maybe a little fellowship there with the Lord probably just let something get in the way. Maybe didn't quite have confidence because I wasn't abiding in Him all that week. But I want to have some confidence. I want to lean on the Lord like like John was doing. And you, you can do that. That just a closer walk with the I'm not going to sing it. I know, you could have said amen right there. <laughs> I'm closer Walk With Thee, verse page number 319 says, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long. As I walk, let me walk close to thee. Just a closer walk with Thee, granite Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. Through this world of toils and snares, if I falter, Lord, who cares? Who with me my burden shares? None but Thee, dear Lord, none but Thee. Just a closer walk with Thee, Granite Jesus is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. When my feeble life is o'er, time for me will be no more. Guide me gently, safely o'er, Thy kingdom shore to Thy shore. Just a closer walk with Thee, granted, Jesus, is my plea. Daily walking close to Thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let it be. I like how in the middle of that it says humble plea. That's for the. Everybody else is singing. Somebody else is supposed to say humble plea. Not like the Pharisee that said, I fast twice in the week. Good for you. I just want to have confidence. And First John, I'll just sum it up with this. says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. You've been hearing the Lord? Which we have seen with our eyes. And I like seeing the Lord working in the church. In people's lives. I've seen it, man. Amen. I've seen it. Especially here recently, man. It's been, it's been a blessing. Which we have looked upon. And our hands have handled of the word of life. They didn't, they didn't have the whole, the whole thing. You realize, <laughs> I mean, I, I, this is just a conversation I think you're going to have with some of the saints up there. Some are going to be like, you're like, yeah, I didn't really get that. And they're going to be like, you had the whole book. <laughs> How'd you not get it? <laughs> Amen. Maybe, maybe it won't be like that, you know, I don't know, but I mean, you got the whole book. Your hands have handled of the word of life. <laughs> We don't, we're going to be without excuse at the judgment seat. Just a closer walk. Are we abiding? Do we have that confidence? Are we ashamed? I want to close with this last hymn and then we'll be done. 336. I don't think we've sung this one for a while. I'm not going to sing it. I can't remember. I won't even say that then. Constantly abiding. There's a peace in my heart that the world never gave. Amen to that. A peace that cannot take away. Though the trials of life may surround like a cloud, I have a peace that has come there to stay. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine. Constantly abiding, rapture divine. Imagine that, rapture's in there. He never leaves me lonely, whispers oh so kind. I will never leave thee, Jesus is mine. All the world seemed to sing of a Savior and King when peace sweetly came to my heart. Troubles all fled away and my night turned to day. Blessed Jesus, how glorious thou art. Constantly abiding, Jesus is mine, constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely, whispers, oh, so kind. I will never leave thee, Jesus is mine. This treasure I have in a temple of clay, while here on his footstool I roam. But he's coming to take me some glorious day over there to my heavenly home, constantly abiding. Jesus is mine, constantly abiding, rapture divine. He never leaves me lonely, whispers oh so kind. I will never leave thee. Jesus is mine. Amen. Brother Gary, you dismiss us in prayer?